and this is KEXU 96.1 FM, uh, Poe People's Revolutionary Radio, and uh, this is JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan, <clears throat> and uh, in today's show, we have a uh, special guest, uh, the San Jose Brown Berets, I'll be interviewing um, it's gonna be a, a beautiful show, so stay tuned. So first of all, in uh, some news from Aslam Press, um, you know I want to uh, announce the situation going on with the Anthony Nunes case. You know Anthony Nunes was a Chicano youth who was murdered by the pigs in Sanjo Khalifa Aslan. And um, there's some uh, court hearing going on for him. Uh, so, you know, the family um, asks that uh, the community packs the courtroom on Friday, uh, this Friday at 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the Robert F. Peckham Federal Courthouse in downtown San Jose, Califa Aslan. And um, also on Monday and Tuesday at 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. of next week. So that's this Friday, 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And next week on Monday and Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the Robert P. Peckham uh, Federal Courthouse in downtown Sanjo. And, you know, the family asked that you uh, pack the courtroom uh, they're going to be doing a peaceful protest as well. Uh, they want the community's presence felt. They want the courts to fill the presence of the people uh, so that the people can let the courts know um, that this is unacceptable and um, they need justice in this case. You know, Anthony Nunes, a young man, uh, murdered 18 years old. Murdered by the pigs, you know, um, shot with an AR-15, you know, military-grade weapon. Uh, This is unacceptable for our people to be, you know, our youth to be um, slaughtered with AR-15s, you know, like, uh, you know, it's military-grade, you know. And, you know, it is a war. It is a war on on the Rasa that, that is occurring, and this is why they have military weapons, and they use them on our children, our youth. So this is something that we're not going to tolerate, and the family asked that the community come out and pack that courtroom to send a message uh, to the court and to the state that this is unacceptable. <clears throat> and so, um, and in other news, you know, the prisons, the concentration camps, or what I like to say, behind enemy lines, uh, the Rasa is continuing uh, to be used as gladiators by the state, you know, they're continuing to pit prisoners against prisoners and bet on prisoners and put our loved ones' lives at stake. You know, our brothers, our sisters, our children, our fathers and mothers and family members and neighbors um, are being um, used as human gladiators in the prisons right now. And there's many families organizing against it. They're going to Sacramento every month uh, protesting uh, the situation and these gladiator fights. So, you know, learn about that. Um, Look it up. 
and get involved in that. Everybody has a family member in prison. Everybody has a friend in prison or a neighbor or somebody they grew up with. Everybody knows somebody. If you're from the Chicano nation, from the Chicano community, Chicano-Mexicano community, you know somebody who's uh, imprisoned. And so it affects all of us. So it's very important we don't forget um, those sisters and brothers who are behind enemy lines in these concentration camps. And, um, and of course, the ICE detention centers as well, you know, and they have, you know, as we've been seeing on the news, on the corporate media, uh, migrant youth, kids, babies being killed in these ICE camps, these concentration camps. And, you know, we haven't seen nothing like this since, you know, since, since Hitler's Germany. So, you know, um, you know, even when they use internment camps on other people's, um, we weren't, you know, there's nothing in the news of children just dying every week. So this is something that we haven't seen uh, children being uh, murdered in these concentration camps since Hitler's Germany. So this is unacceptable. And we don't hear about this uh, enough in the corporate media. We don't hear about it enough on, you know, um, the mainstream radio shows. But we, we do hear about it on Free Aslan. And this is the people, this is the Rasa's voice, uh, the voice of Aslan. So we're going to continue to publicize what's occurring to our people, to Rasa in the prisons, ICE, concentration camps, and out in our barrios, in our communities as well. But <clears throat> let me get to this interview. Um, I have a very special interview, uh, and I'm interviewing... Uh, two members of the Sanjo Brown Berets, and let me just welcome Jose and Renee. Uh, welcome to Free Aslan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome, Joey. Absolutely, and um, you know, finally got you guys on here. Beautiful, and so uh, let's get right to it. So, most listeners, you know, have heard of the Brown Berets. You know, the Brown Berets are a Chicano organization serving the Chicano nation. Uh, Brown Berets have been around for decades, various chapters. You know, Sanjo has an autonomous chapter, uh, but a chapter nonetheless. And, and, you know, every chapter is very important because they serve Chicano communities across Aslan and beyond, you know, from Khalifa Aslan to New York, you know, there's, you know, there's uh, brown berets everywhere. And, you know, um, so it's very important that, you know, we understand this organization has been serving the people, serving the Rasa uh, for decades. And, you know, brown berets historically were created, of course, for, you know, because of uh, the um, effects of colonization and those effects mm -hmm. uh, translate into, of course, police police brutality, you know, which I like to call pig terror. Uh, also, you know, in the lack of resources, uh, lack of, uh, you know, um, 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 education that's, you know, um, you know, children don't even have books. They have to share books in some of these uh, schools that Rasa go to, all kinds of stuff that... that continues to go on in our uh, communities and this is why the brown berets were created in the first place uh basically because of national oppression and that's what it amounts to so the sound whole brown berets are no different and you know um they were created uh because of oppression you know if we were all uh, 
doing well and, and you know, uh, given all of our resources and all that, there would be no need for Brown Berets. But Brown Berets are there for a reason, and that's because of oppression, period. And uh, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's in Sanjo, if it's in Oakland, if it's in Los Angeles, uh, if it's in Texas, it doesn't matter. You know, Brown Berets are created because of national oppression. So, <clears throat> that being said, <clears throat> let me ask uh, you, Jose and Renee, uh, Renee and Jose, um, what made you both join the Brown Berets? Um, well, me personally, I would say that I was always curious about my roots and curious about as far as like my ancestors, what they stood for. Um, I always had a hint of, you know, family members, my ancestors within the Mexican Revolution. So I definitely wanted to be able to, you know, pay back for those who, who, who you know, were sacrificed themselves and, you know, who really put their all into what they stood for and made sure that their voices are heard. And I just wanted to make sure that we were continuing that. Mm. Beautiful. And, and you, Jose? Um, so for me, um, I think as, as most of our uh, our Chicano youth or our colored youth, um, especially males, we experience um, a lot of uh, gang violence or, you know, as as what some people like to call just tribalism, right? Tribes of people in different communities, um, you know, fighting for something, fighting amongst each other, whether it be for colors, whether it be for respect, you know. Um, I grew up in that environment, um, and I grew up in that environment always looking for a brotherhood and always looking for something um, to to hold me up and for a family to be there when I thought I didn't have a family, right? Um, and that definitely led me down some paths that all of us have been, you know, like you said, some of us have been um, behind enemy lines, like my brother, who's been doing 12 years. He's been doing 12 years to this day. Um, and luckily, I wasn't one who, who fell victim to the system. But um, I was able to, to have an awakening within myself. And I was able to, uh, to look for a brotherhood that was going to allow me to make a positive change and to look for a brotherhood that was going to influence me to, to create a better community and to show younger younger men that that there was more than that street life. Mm. Powerful, and and that's probably the story of most people, um, because um, tribalism, as you call it, tribalism, or or uh, some people may call um, horizontal crime, is mm-hmm. you know we we you know lash out on each other uh, on people who. Um, on people who are, you know, just like us in many ways and, um, you know, lash out in that way in, in order to, you know, um, just, you know, out of um, a frustration on, on, on how we have no other idea on how to deal with our colonization, what's occurring to us being in, on a land that's ours, that is occupied and um, growing up like this, where you're felt to be an alien on your own land um, gives people hatred, you know, gives people self-hatred, uh, it gives people many different um, forms of trauma, 
uh, and these forms of trauma, when you don't know how to deal with them, and you ain't taught how to deal with them, you, you usually deal with in the wrong way, and that's one of the ways, uh, horizontal crime, striking out at those who are just like you, and um, from your community, uh, from the Chicano Nation, uh, other raza, so <coughs> this, <coughs> this is a situation that, you know, luckily, you know, you were able to uh, rise up um, out of that situation, and many people never get the chance to, uh, and, 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 you know, luckily you did, so that, that's a beautiful uh, thing, and, 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 and to struggle for your people is the best form of therapy there is, and I recommend that for everybody, but, um, you know, so let me move on to the next question, um, and this deals with organization, and um, anybody who's studies uh, organization of any kind understands that organization is key uh, there's actually a great uh, pamphlet called organization is key and I highly recommend that for people to pick up and, and find it on the internet study it and um, it talks about different um, forms of organization uh, revolutionary cadre organizations political parties and mass organizations and all of these things are different and they all um, help people in different ways. They're all necessary. Uh, and these are things that anybody who uh, seeks to change the community should study because we need to know all the tools possible that, that we have available. And these are um, organization is a tool. And, and it helps us to mobilize the community. But um, talking about organization, um, let me ask you, why is it important for RASA to come together in an organization like the Brown Berets rather than try to create change on their own? Well, um, I, I think the saying in Spanish, right, El Pueblo Unido Jamás Será Vencido exists for a reason, right? Not, not only is their strength in numbers, but their, their strength in connections, right? So when you, you become a part of an organization, you open doors and you open these pathways to connections that you possibly might have never had before, right? And you might have a general idea that you want to do better for the world. You might have a general idea that you want to be a positive effect on, on the world, but you don't know where to start. Um, so for me, like myself, like I, I, I felt like I wanted to do better. I felt like I wanted to change the world, and I wanted to change myself first and foremost, right? I, I was living a lifestyle that I considered very toxic, um, and I wanted to, to get past that. Um, and I remember stumbling across the San Jose Brown Berets page on like Instagram. Um, and today's day and age, right? Luckily, we have the internet, and luckily we have social media and things like that. But I remember stumbling across Instagram and uh, seeing that seeing that San Jose had a, had a Brown Beret unit. Um, after talking back and forth with one of the members, um, I eventually went to one of the me I eventually went to the, one of the meetings and got to meet these people that were just everyday people, um, everyday people here in my community that just wanted to organize for, for better, you know? Um, and I knew I wanted to do something with art, and I knew I wanted to do something uh, with kids and teaching kids the value of art um, and its social and political um, role within, um, within our communities, right? Um, and I brought this idea to the Brown Berets, and the next thing I know, I'm writing a project plan and... We're executing a project plan in six to, to eight months, you know? Mm. So I think organization, um, like you said, is key. 
um, an organization, sometimes when we organize, when we communicate, we open avenues and we get to people who are far more experienced or far more educated in certain topics than, than we ourselves might be. And that is the most important thing is just education and knowledge, right? When you, when you create this unity, when you create this organization, now you have all these different resources. Um, mm. Now you have all these different reference points that you can build ideas off of. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, 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 and I know that it's very easy to, um, for somebody to say, well, you know, I, I don't want to um, organize with others. I just want to do it myself because it's actually easy because there's nobody to argue or debate with. And that's simple. It's just you, you know. But the thing is, you can't really accomplish, uh, you know, nothing on your own. Nobody in the world has ever accomplished anything solely by themselves is as easy as it is it's just you you can't it's just you need other people and and sometimes it's you know it's 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 stressful sometimes you just feel like you know just overturning a table you know you just feel like oh my i'm just done with but you just that's the hope you just have to you have to work with others even when you don't agree even when mm -hmm. you feel like uh, i mean just you know sometimes people feel like you know they feel like snatching somebody up you just have to you know you know what i have to hear this person's point i have to bite yeah. my tongue i have to listen and maybe this person's right and then sometimes the people are right and you're wrong so it just it's a it's a inner struggle i think to work with others sometimes but it's it's necessary because anytime anybody's ever made real accomplishments in the world it's always been with others and no society has transformed just by one person alone so it, it is a necessary thing although it is sometimes a very stressful thing um but it's it's necessary so um i agree with you that it's um you know and the thing about art you you mentioned art you know and, and i love art you know I'm, I'm i really i understand the power of art art speaks to people that um that may not even know how to read or write but they see something on the wall, they understand that. And mm -hmm. um, but there's a need for revolutionary art, you know. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, not just um, you know what some may call bourgeois art is just art that feeds capitalism, art that feeds um, you know commercialism. No, we need art that's revolutionary, art that um, uh, you know it, it pushes people, it um, opens their eyes to something it educates them it inspires them this is the art that we need um not uh paintings of you know um nikes and uh mercedes benz we don't need that kind of art we want art that um you know motivates and mobilizes people to uh struggle and rise up so but art's very important and rap you know rap music uh, revolutionary rap is very in need because we have a lot of rap it sounds good, but it's talking about, you know, popping bottles and, and women in bikinis and stuff. So we need rap that, you know, mobilizes our community uh, to rise up and struggle and um, come together in unity and stuff like that. But, you know, um, it's all art and art is very, very uh, powerful. But let me go on to the next question. <clears throat> so... There's something called independent institutions. 
you know, independent institutions are created by the people for the people. And um, these are necessary because the oppressor nation is never going to create things that benefit us. They're never going to create things that rehabilitate us. This is why the prisons are called, you know, in California, they're called uh, California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, but they do not rehabilitate us. You know, they, they warehouse you, they put you in these cells, and they do nothing for you. They don't teach you nothing, but you were wrong, and um, and that's it. They don't teach you, okay, so how do I, uh, you know, cope with, uh, you know, being um, occupied? How do I cope with being uh, criminalized? Uh, you know, how do I cope with my neighborhood being hyper-policed? They teach us none of that stuff. They teach us um, very, very little on helping ourselves. And, um, and so this is why we need to help ourselves. We need to help each other in our communities. But independent institutions are necessary and you know a lot of organizations a lot of political parties create independent institutions uh to serve the communities because they know that um the state is not going to do it for us you know uh u.s imperialism certainly ain't gonna create things that really help us mobilize and, and educate and uh build our consciousness so we got to build our own but one of the ind independent uh, institutions, um, you know, that help us heal, help the community heal, is uh, something um, that's hosted by the Brown Berets, and it's called Silently Loud. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Silently Loud, what it's about, and why it was created? Yeah, so um, Silently Loud was created by one of our members, Mireya, um, with members, of course, of the San Jose for the community and it's um, to attend for free. The, the meetings offer a safe space for our survivors of sexual assault, um, you know, of all sexual orientation, gender, non-binary. Um, so they're a safe place for survivors of sexual assault and or abuse. And, you know, just to find support and share comfort. You know, we have our meetings. We always, you know, are healing, but we also share positive moments as well. Um, you know, anyone who is looking to heal their trauma, they, you know, you're more than welcome to re remain anonymous as well. You know, that's very important that we respect each other's identities and and all that. Um, yeah, so every week, you know, the, ses the sessions vary as well. Um, we cover different topics as well as for self-care. Um, we do heal with our traumas, how to deal with anxiety. Um, de-stressing tactics, you know, and then yeah, um, yeah. So uh, one of the newest things that we're doing uh, that we're doing with the sound with the Silently Loud Collective. Um, Silently Loud Collective was originally very, ba very uh, based for uh, kind of it was female oriented and it was directed towards females who suffered abuse, not just females but everybody um, in the LGBTQ community. Um, and also males who had suffered this type of abuse. Um, but recently, as being a male who attends, um, I couldn't help but always think, like, what more could I do? What more can I do than just sit in these circles and uh, hold my sister's hands and hold my brother's hands who have been victimized um, and who have been abused? What can we do to prevent it or what can we do to educate and what, what can we do to create safer environments, not just for our women but for everybody? Um, 
So just recently we did what was called a brown table talk at Silently Loud Collective where we invited men to come in and speak on machismo and to speak on gender roles and to speak on um, masculinity, right? Not just in, not just in ma masculinity um, through the eyes of machismo where we see it as a negative thing, but masculinity also as a positive thing. Um, so the goal with that was to see how many men were willing to be part of a, a sister program to, to educate on relationships, to educate on coping mechanisms with anger issues, things of that nature that affect relationships, right? So uh, the plan is to have men who are going to create an environment that are going to hold other men accountable, that are going to speak up for women when they can't, and protect our women. Mm. Very powerful. And everybody's affected by trauma. I think every single person... Uh, growing up in the United Snakes are um, all suffering from anxiety because uh, when you live under capitalism, you're going to suffer from anxiety because everything's for sale. Literally, everything is for sale, uh, you know, in, in this kind of environment. It's, it's um, and, you know, it's, it's anti-people. So, you know, um, as people, we're, we're going to suffer these kinds of effects of trauma just living in a capitalist society and, um, you know, especially the United Snakes because it's the leading uh, capitalist of the world. And so, you know, that alone is going to be, you know, stressful and, and we're going to be stressed the hell out, uh, you know, existing in this type of parasitic environment. But, but everybody suffers from trauma. You know, there's no person... Um, I, I, I believe there's no person um, alive that does not have some effect of trauma. It could be many different things. It could be sexual or non-sexual. It could be, uh, have to do with police. It could have to do with family. It could, um, but everybody suffers from some kind of trauma. So it's just identifying it and finding ways to deal with it. When it comes to sexual abuse, you know, that falls under the category of gender oppression and the thing about gender oppression is it's just not um you know uh, males outright you know um uh, sexually assaulting women even within relationships um there's a gender oppression um as well because in many in many cases in most cases um and some would argue and some do argue in all cases of relationships um there's certain pressures uh, where um, in married couples, for example, uh, there's a lot of literature out that even in married couples, um, the wife um, feels obligated to give up sex. And, you know, and, and there's the whole saying of, well, we're married. You, you got to perform your wifely duties. This is a form of gender oppression. It's a form of rape, actually. Um, and so rape comes in many forms, not just... Uh, grabbing somebody and, and pulling them in the bushes that they don't know. It also comes in relationships because, uh, you know, people who are in relationships, uh, if one person, let's say a boyfriend tells the girlfriend, we're having sex tonight, girlfriend says no, boyfriend says, I'm leaving then, girlfriend grabs him, no, 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 don't leave, okay, okay, that's a form of rape. You know, he's basically mm -hmm. pressuring the woman to have sex, that's rape. Also, in the workplace, you know, a woman's, and, and, and unfortunately, a lot of women in the workplace, 
um, you know, they want to get raises and the supervisor, a boss will pull them into, you know, hey, I'll give you a raise. Let's go on. A, let's go out tonight and have a drink. We'll talk about it. I think you're ready for a raise. That's a form of rape. You know, there's, you know, there's all sorts of forms of rape. And some actually say that um, all sex is rape. And that's a, a whole nother conversation. But I mean, there's just, you know, gender oppression comes in many different forms. And so we shouldn't just look at it as in, you know, a date rape thing where, you know, somebody got somebody drunk and just took advantage of them. There's many other forms of rape and it, and it happens daily. It happens in marriages, in the workplace and between friends, between um, boyfriend, girlfriend, all the time it happens. So, you know, and so, you know, we have to identify it and work very hard to you know fight against that because we grow up in this society where you know we do take on these patriarchal roles you know i'm the man you're the woman and you listen to me you know and that's you know that stems from patriarchy from living in a male dominated society and patriarchy stems from capitalism so you know we got to do our research find out where these forms of oppression are coming from because um they all come from somewhere they have a source so um uh, you know this uh silently loud um you know it sounds like something that you know is needed i i haven't heard of any other uh organization uh political party etc having uh you know classes on um gender oppression uh, so silently loud, you know, this is gender oppression and it's focusing on different ways to heal um, people, um, all various peoples who suffer uh, gender oppression. Because even males can suffer gender oppression. If there's a, you know, this is one of the things we have to get out of our mind that it's only women who suffer rape and gender oppression. But because, yeah, women suffer gender oppression under patriarchy. But however, if there's a man working somewhere and his boss is a female this has happened you know i've heard of i've heard of cases like this and she's like oh you want a raise okay same thing we're gonna go out for a drink and then we'll talk about your raise and you know and and so there's some men that uh, you know um are under this kinds of pressure and they work places and you know their bosses try to get at them and then they get fired you know hey okay you don't want okay you know what um i don't like your performance and they start writing them up and fire them so there's uh, gender oppression affects everybody but of course women um are the ones that suffer uh, the most in 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 society um mm -hmm. you know because we live in a patriarchal um society but so um this is a very um good um you know group silently loud and um and so if somebody wants to get involved in silently loud do they go to the um internet or where would they find that information? yeah so you can find them on instagram it's under silently loud collective um, so there, you know, is a whole page posted with schedule dates as well, um, you know, events as far as the benefit show coming up July 14th as well. Um, all that information is posted on Instagram. Oh, perfect. At Silently Loud Collective, all one word. Perfect. You could also find the link to uh, Silently Loud Collective um, on the San Jose Brown Berets uh, Instagram page as well and on their Facebook group. Perfect. Okay, and, and let me talk about... Um, 
Can you, well, let me ask rather, uh, can you let the listeners know about movie night and why the Brown Berets are having it? Yeah, so uh, the San Jose Brown Berets are, post, are hosting a movie night July 5th at the Mexican Heritage Plaza. Um, later this week, we'll post a flyer as far as like the movie that we're going to play and times and, you know, what we'll have there for snacks. But it's a fundraising event for us to, you know, um, fund the programs that we have going, such as Silently Loud, you know, to have the benefit mm. show, um, future programs that we want to run as well, such as, you know, PDR, something that me and Jose are doing, uh, Protectores de Raices. Mm. Um, but just, you know, and also to give back to the community, you know, we have our, our um, coat drives, our toy drives. Um, mm. So, you know, just so we're able to, to give back. Right. Yeah, and, and, and able to fund various projects. And so there's also the fundraiser um, with the Brown Beret T-shirts. Uh, do you want to talk about that? How much are they, and how can they be ordered? Yes, yeah, so we have um, our Brown, uh, San Jose Brown Beret Solidarity shirts um, that we are selling as well to fundraise for our, all our programs. Um, our shirts are... Our shirts are twenty dollars. Um, we have from size small, I believe, up to two X's. We, we're all out of three X's. Um, but you can either contact us, contact us on on our Facebook page, the San Jose Brown Berets, or our Instagram page. Um, we also accept donations. So any donation above twenty dollars, we send out a, a solidarity short as as a as a thank you for your support. Um, and then we also, when we're out in events in the communities, um, doing either uh, marches or out doing a uh, Community engagements, if you see us, it's more than likely that we'll have supporter shirts with us. Um, so you can also purchase uh, the shirts from us like that as well. Perfect. And and 100% of the proceeds go directly into uh, funding various projects. Nobody pockets nothing. That's important correct, to, correct. to note. Yeah. Um, so, all, like I said, all the money goes uh, – all the, all the money currently right now that we're fundraising – Four is to go into the Family Loud Benefit Show. That is July 14th, mm -hmm. correct? Um, so as of right now, our, our main thing is fundraising for that benefit show. Um, and then after that, we continue fundraising for all our other events, like uh, like Renee said, uh, PDR, Protectores de Raices, which means Protectors of the Roots, which is an art program that me and her started um, to show, like you said, uh, revolutionary art. And mm -hmm. it's to talk, about the, to talk to the youth about um, art and its role in social and political situations and mm. bringing awareness and asking those questions, right? Critiquing mm. our society and making people think, not just showing them a splash of color and being like, hey, this is pretty. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I, I love your guys' ideas. And, um, I mean, you guys, uh, I, that's one of the things I love. I love a lot of things about you guys, but one of the things I do love is your guys' love for art because I love art, but you guys bring, uh, you, you, you bring a, a different language. You know, art has languages, and you guys bring uh, the language of the youth, and that's what I, that's what I really love. Um, but we're going to go ahead and take a break real quick. And speaking of art, we're going to listen to some, some art, some, some music, and we're going to hear a song, and then um, you guys just stay on the line, and then when we come back, we'll continue with the interview. All righty. Okay, and this is KEXU 96.1 FM, uh, Poe People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan, and we're going to take a short music break. I'm content to die for my beliefs. 
so cut off my head and make me a martyr. The people will always remember it. No. They will forget. A man who walks with God can walk anywhere. Hence, I fear he loves the point of guerrilla war is not to succeed It's always been just to make the enemy bleed Depriving the soldiers of the peace of mind that they need Bullets are hard to telegraph when they bob and they weave The only way a guerrilla war can never be over Is when the occupation can't afford more soldiers Until they have to draft the last of you into the service And you refuse cause you don't see the purpose The only way to counter the insurgents that are well equipped Is to paint the people fighting for freedom as terrorists Looking for foreign investment Install them in power and murder any objections You can't stop a revolution from breathing So to beat them they offer people the illusion of freedom But when you're done dreaming and wake up tortured for treason Then you can see them hiding behind the guard they believe in uh, Deep in the trenches in the heart of a war That's the place the martyr is born Motherfuckers During the night before the start of the dawn That's the place the martyr is born in the heart of a storm That's the place a martyr is born Motherfuckers on Guerrilla war when the army is gone yeah. That's the place a martyr is um. born Life is a life with a purpose, so I'd rather die for a cause than live a life that is worthless. I don't need the circus or the day of national observance. I need you to think for you and stop being a servant. Pawns only move a square in the game that they're used in and realize it too late. Like the shooting of Huey Newton or Patrice Lumumba and Salvador Allende. Slaughtered by the power-hungry branches of their own head. They Gandhi wasn't killed by Pakistani nationals. He was assassinated by a Hindu radical and Che Guevara rebel to a U.S. This continent was sold to the CIA by Bolivian communists. Wasn't Yitzhak Rabin murdered by a Zionist and Anwar Sadat a victim of the same violence? Malcolm X was seen as a threat to the FBI. But to blast them, they used Muslims from the NOI. Even the 35th president of the republic was murdered by factions of his own government. So now that it's proven that a soldier of revolution or head of an empire disguised in a constitution cannot escape the retribution or manipulation. Of the self-appointed rulers of the planet's corporations So I'ma need every generation to put your hands up Cause you can only get them off your back when you stand up Deep in the trenches in the heart of a war That's the place the martyr is born Motherfuckers on During the night before the start of the dawn That's the place the martyr is born Motherfuckers when on gunshots are raining in the heart of a storm That's the place the martyr is born Motherfuckers on Guerrilla war when the army is gone I was a man blessed by God to survive some of the worst circumstances. I had 
And this is KEXU 96.1 FM. I'm JV. You're listening to Free Aslan. And you were just listening to uh, Immortal Technique, and that was his song, The Martyr. Uh, Immortal Technique, you know, uh, I'm a fan. You know, he has some good music. Uh, and, you know, he, that he makes his contribution to the movement through his rap. And this is what I'm talking about, revolutionary rap. We need more of it. We need it from all perspectives, from all different uh, peoples and communities. And, um, and you know, he's putting his little contribution in, and it's beautiful. So now we're going to go back to the interview. Um, I'm interviewing the Song Hope Brown Berets. Uh, and so let's get back to it. Uh, Rene Jose, um, welcome back uh, to Free Aslan. Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to give a since we were talking about you know more more of that that conscious rap and that rap that mobilizes our youth. I'd like to just give a a quick shout out to to my brothers to my brothers uh, Cosmic Force, Jaguar, and Native Threat. Um, those guys are, are some young guys out here doing some some conscious rap and talking about indigenous rap and that point of view and talking about you know our identity as as Aztecs and our and our identity as as indigenous people of this land, so shout out to them. Mm. And who and Jaguar? What was the last one? Jaguar and Native Threat. The, they're a duo. They're from a, they're from a group called uh, Cosmic Force. Okay, Cosmic yeah, so Force. they're, they're uh, based out of like the LA area, so southern uh, Southern California, I believe, San Bernardino area. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we we got listeners in Los Angeles as well because. Um, uh, Free Aslan is also being broadcast in Los Angeles on Radio Justice. So this show right here will be played in Los Angeles on Thursday. This Thursday, uh, Radio Justice down there plays Free Aslan. So uh, we love the listeners uh, uh, all over Khalifa Aslan, um, whether they're in the Bay Area, whether they're in Los Angeles, uh, up in Humboldt County, anywhere they're at, we love it. And keep listening, uh, keep supporting, and um, and that's wonderful. So we're gonna have to look into Cosmic Force and uh, Jaguar, a Native, and um, you know that's a beautiful thing. To uh, we need more of this rap. We need we need absolutely. Uh, we can never get enough of it. And you know, uh, Mortal Technique. You know, he's uh, Peruviano and. I believe Poriqua, but we need perspectives from everywhere. We need Mexica, we need uh, Salvadoreño, we need Nicoya, we need all Rasa to uh, contribute, um, all indigenous people to contribute to uh, revolutionary rap and, and raise consciousness. But let's get back to this interview. Um, and so I, I just, uh, this next um, this next question, and I'd like to ask both of you, um, you know, um, whoever wants to go first, but um, what I'd like to ask, what does Aslan mean to you both? Um, so me, myself, I'm, I'm a lot younger than, than some people who I ident identify and, and remember that, that, that war cry, you know, that Aslan war cry. Um, so growing up, I didn't have too much influence of, of what Aslan was. Um, I, I grew up, um, being raised by um, farm worker parents, I was first generation, and to them they were very much still um, just on the worker mentality. It wasn't until until I was older, um, about 
18, 19 that I became actually familiar with the, the, the word Aslan and the whole story of Aslan. Um, so to me, Aslan is just that, that, that hope, that fight in us, right? That, that one day we'll be, we'll be free on our own continent and we'll be able to, to roam the, the land, you know, the land of the brown people that were here way before the Europeans came by. Absolutely. So I just, I, I don't identify with it too much. And I guess I don't have anything too much that, that's like very deep and profound. Um, but to me, Aslan just gives me, reminds me of hope and it reminds me of an end game, uh, a time of peace, I would say. Beautiful. And I'll just add, hope is very profound, brother. So you do have something profound to say. Hope is very deep, very profound. But um, let's hear from Renee. Renee, what, what are your thoughts on Aslan? Oh, man. Yeah, I was I was talking to Jose about this earlier, too. I was kind of struggling with a with a kind of like an answer for it. I've never really, you know, a lot of people see it as a destination. I kind of just see it as as the journey, you know, life itself is a journey. So I kind of just take it and and, you know, run with it and make sure that, you know, I'm holding my brown people high and, you know, we're we're fighting. Well, that's beautiful. That that's that's beautiful. Um, you know, a state of existence. Uh, you know, it's where, like Jose said, our people, brown people, have been here since before any colonizer. And you know, it's it's and it's all of them things and more. You know, and um, you know, so um, I've talked about well, the radio stations named after Aslan. So you know, mm -hmm. it's very important in my opinion. And you know, I, I'll just add to that. I agree with both of you. It's both of them things and more, um, and more than I have to say. But you know, and 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 I would just add, you know, it, it is our uh, the national territory of the Chicano Nation. It's our land, and but it, it's even more than that. It's more than I even know. It's it's just. Uh, you know, it's um, it's a physical thing. It's metaphorical. It's all of the above, and and we'll probably never uh, narrow it down to one thing. And that's the beauty of um, of Aslan is it means something to everybody. It's something different, and it's not supposed to mean the exact same thing um, at all times. And and I love to ask our list our uh, interviewees. Uh, what Aslan means because everybody says something different and that's a beautiful thing that's a part of being human we have uh, different interpretations of things but let me um, go on to the next question um, so what are your thoughts on the war on Rasa where migrant children are being caged and dying in these ice camps Well, first off, I think I just want to say uh, very clearly, fuck all borders, <laughs> you know. Um, I just think, uh, um, you know, ancient migration ancient migration has been a thing on this continent since we've been here and since our people have been here, you know. Um, to think that we have to respect these, uh, these borders that are, that are man-made and these, these, these laws that are man-made on, on, a, on a continent that never belonged to them and that they stole on paper, you know? Mm. Um, we actually do have a lot of information on our, uh, on our San Jose Brown Berets page um, regarding to, like, the Rapid Response Network here in uh, Santa Clara. So 
those who may not know uh, what the Rapid Response Network is, the Rapid Response Network is um, this giant hub of, of pretty much people um, that can report ICE activity um, in your area or report ICE activity in the surrounding area. Um, you can get within minutes responses from 20 to 30 people that are in the area that are willing to help um, go record uh, ICE, make sure that they're that they're doing their job properly, that they're not um, you know breaking any laws. Because as we know, ICE likes to 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 break a lot of laws, and then they like to they like to uh, go in and raids and hold fake papers and say they have warrants and uh, say they have warrants signed by judge and never show the proof. And you know they like to take people and kidnap people. That's mm. what they're doing. Absolutely. Um, so that that rapid response network helps people in um, in, the, in those situations that find themselves unlucky to be on the, on the on the receiving end of an ice raid. Um, mm. They also uh, raise uh, money and they also actually have a part where not, they not only just deal with uh, ice raids but they deal with the aftermath um, and they they help families through that transition. Um, they help families with uh, whether it be groceries or, or a place to stay. Um, you can sign up to be a host on the Rapid Response Network as well, where you could help um, house people who have been, um, you know, affected by ICE. Mm, wonderful. And Rapid Response, you can find it on the Internet. Um, as well. You know, yeah. And, and, and Renee, any thoughts on uh, what's occurring to migrant children? I mean, it's definitely, you know, not okay that they're even allowing children to go through this. It's it's something that, you know, it's just, to me, pure evil, the fact that, you know, you have a vulnerable little child who is still learning and is still growing, and you're putting them in these conditions and expecting them to be okay. Like, that's, you know, not okay at all. Um, it's it's just, for me, you know, a bigger purpose to fight and, you know, to, to keep this going and to to have the people see, look, this is what they're doing to our, our kids. These are what, this is what they're doing to our youth. It's, you know, they're mm. just trying to have a better life and they're not allowing that opportunity. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's sad to say that it's definitely, you know, it's a sad thing to say that that's, it's not, it's, it's nothing new, right? Mm. We, this is the history of America. Absolutely. When America is known for doing this. Mm. They continue to do this, you know, mm. um, I guess now that the thing is just trying to make a bigger presence than ever. Um, you know, some people like to play by the rules, some people don't. Absolutely. But uh, call into your to your representatives, call into those people, and you know, get that conversation started. Make them hear us. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to play by that rule, you know, um, if you want to play by different rules and you want to have a more of a on boots on the ground effect, then you know, do something like the rapid response. Be there, help those people who can't speak English, help those people who uh, who need someone in their corner. Be there to record, make sure that, that the officers are acting accordingly. Make sure that your brothers and sisters get detained safe and that they're going to get home safe through, this, through the Rapid Response Network and through the help of other people who are going to stand by in their corner. Mm. Beautiful. And, yeah, and like Renee said, is we have examples of what... Um, the things that they do to Rasa, to our people. And so these are concrete examples that, you know, we're not just talking theoretically like we're oppressed, but, um, you know, it's like a, a abstract term. We're oppressed, but we're not, ex like we have concrete examples, real 
live breathing examples of what they've been like you said it's nothing new they've been doing this to us for hundreds of years so these are the examples that continue to that they continue to give us they continue to yeah. give us examples of how they're treating our people for hundreds of years so like you said uh jose um you know there's many different ways to go about it but um whatever way uh, as long as somebody does something is 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 better than nothing so um with that being said let me run to the next uh question we have uh we have about six minutes left so uh the next question is if uh people want to get involved or attend a brown beret meeting uh how can they get in touch yeah so we have meetings every fri uh, friday at the mexican heritage plaza they're off of alan rock and uh king um and we have them at 7 30 uh, you know, every week we'll be there. Yeah. And then, um, of course, you, people can always reach out to us on, on social media, um, on the San Jose Brown Berets uh, Instagram page and on their Facebook group. Um, there's some of our members as well, like to the San Jose Collective, who have their personal um, pages linked on there as well if you ever feel like you want to reach out to them um, and ask them any questions about the San Jose Brown Berets um, before before you stop by a meeting if you're, if you're not too comfortable with doing that. But there's multiple ways of getting a hold of us. Mm, wonderful. And, um, and so let me ask, I'd like to ask each one of you, um, let's start with Renee. Um, I'd like to ask you, Renee, um, what are your last words for the Chicano Nation on Free Aslan? Oh, man, just so you know, just keep attaining knowledge, keeping the resistance, and to keep fighting. Beautiful. And, and, and Tokayo? Tokayo, I don't know. I think uh, Renee summed them up all there, you know? <laughs> okay, that, um, well, that's beautiful. I think that, uh, yeah, I definitely keep fighting, keep retaining knowledge, um, and just keep loving, man. The, mm. the, the the most revolutionary thing we can do is, is love each other, protect each other, mm. you know, celebrate who we are as a people, celebrate our culture, mm. you know, say it strong and proud. Mm. We are Chicano. We are indigenous. We mm. are t native to this land, you know? Mm. And you said you didn't have nothing profound to say. You just said it, Tokayo. <laughs> and so with that said, uh, I want to thank you both and um, the rest of the uh, Sanjo Brown Berets um, for everything that's being done, for serving the people, uh, and in serving the Chicano Nation as a result. And I'd just like to say um, thank you for coming on to Free Aslan. And, you know, um, I will be uh, inviting you both um, on again. And uh, with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening and uh, free Aslan. Thank you.